Truth and Transcendence. Brought to you by Yes, You Now with Catherine Llewellyn. Truth and Transcendence, Episode 14 Finding Our Fearless Position. I've had quite a few uh, people writing in and saying, Catherine, what do you think about the whole pro-vax, anti-vax argument? If you're listening to this around about the time I recorded it, you'll know exactly what that question's about. If you're listening to it years and years into the future, you may be thinking, what on earth does this woman mean, the pro-vax, anti-vax argument? Well, we're in a time at the moment where... um, there is indeed an argument about whether or not to take a, um, it's not actually a vaccine, it's a um, mRNA treatment to try to reduce, uh, to, to mitigate the current virus that's going around the planet. Um, so, and some people are arguing about this and some people are not arguing about it, And uh, but it's definitely in the ethers. It's a live question. So my my first response to that is that leaders must find ways to transcend this particular argument. And I'll say a bit more uh, later about why I I feel that's important. Uh, Rather than um, emphasizing, rather than emphasizing what's right or wrong, I think leaders need to transcend the argument by being true to themselves and also true to their people. So that being true to themselves and true to their people is actually more important than the argument. So let's say that's a good idea. I'm just putting it out there, but let's say let's say you agree with that and uh, you agree that transcending this particular argument is the way to go uh, by being true to yourself and being true to your people. The question then is, how do you do that? So it's not by being vague about the position. Some people think that the the way to transcend an argument or a conflict is to be vague about one's position in relationship to it. Now, that doesn't actually work because that's that's equivalent to saying, uh, if I shrink back and don't really say much about anything, I won't have a negative effect. And in the case where there's a very significant argument going on, that actually doesn't work because by withdrawing from the field around it altogether, you actually do have a negative effect. Because what you're doing then is you're withholding your presence, you're withholding your particular uh, strength, your particular example, yourself as a role model for others. So being vague about the position doesn't work. Because in these times, vagueness is inadequate. People need strong and wise leadership. I think you'll agree. And equally, it's not by being didactic and ignoring other points of view. Now, that may seem on the face of it to be the only two options, be vague or be didactic. Those are not the only two options. I know you know this. But in situations where think, where, where things are highly fraught and there's a lot of emotion and uh, agendas and motives in play, it can start to look as though those are our only two options. So in order to, in order to find a middle way where we can actually 
find our own truth in relationship to this and then transcend the argument into a place that's a bit more meaningful and where we're in a stronger position to provide the kind of strong and wise leadership our people need, the first thing we need to do is to go beyond our own fears and confusions. Now, that's interesting because in situations where there are powerful arguments going on, sometimes the last thing we want to do is to examine our own fears and confusion. We desperately want to get to a place where we we don't have fears and confusions. And even the title of this uh, particular episode around finding our fearless position, well, as I often say, the only way through is through. In order to find our fearless position, we have to examine our own fears and confusions around something. And actually, if we, if we find ourselves stuck in one of those two polarized positions of the, either being vague and withholding any kind of um, statement about position or the other end of the scale being didactic and ignoring other points of view, if we, if we find ourselves stuck in one of those positions, chances are we're stuck because of our own fears and confusions. We're stuck because in order to unstick ourselves, we need to delve into a place that's really not very comfortable. However, that is the only way to find a place where where fear no longer has a hold upon us. You know that feeling when you're looking at something, uh, uh, doing something which may be a risk and it may feel a little bit fearful. And then you do some work, you do some exploration, you do some research, your, your, your R&D teams do some research, you, you find out what you need to know. And there comes a point in time where you've kind of got to grips with the nature of the risk in terms of understanding it as best you possibly can. And you've understood the opportunity which makes the risk worth considering in the first place as best you possibly can. And at that point, yes, there may still be a risk. Yes, there may be a range of possible risks, just as there are a range of possible opportunities. But because you've bottomed it out, you can then make a choice and find a place where, where your fear, if you still have any, has no hold upon you. Because you've taken control of the choice. And that's what I'm talking about here. That's what happens when we've done our research, we've drilled down into our beliefs, our values, our preferences, we've explored options, and we've found what is true for us. Now, I did, I did a piece of research, piece of inquiry, really, in 2020, around the impact of this whole um, uh, virus situation. And I, I discovered that a lot of the people I was talking to, most of whom were past clients of mine or current clients, were people who had found a place where fear had no hold upon them. And they had done that by doing their own research, by drilling down into their beliefs, into their values and their preferences, and by exploring options and then making choices. So from outside, looking in at those people, others might think, hey, these are fearless people. They, they, they are just that way. Well, yes, they tend to be relatively fearless because they're mature, evolved, educated, intelligent people. But they also do the work. 
They also do the research. They examine their values. They examine what feels right to them. They examine their belief systems. They look at their preferences. And by doing that, they reach a place where they've actually built upon their foundation of relative fearlessnessness, which is a fearlessnessnessnessness, that's not really a word. <laughs> they built upon that foundation, which is something that they have actually grown over many decades of facing challenges and examining them and making choices consciously. And then they've applied that to this same situation and reached a relatively fearless place. Now, what that means is when they come into a conversation with somebody, no matter what, how that person is feeling, no matter how confused or fearful or stubborn or willful or opinionated that person may be, they can be quite grounded when they're with that person. They can be, they can listen to them. They can actually respond to that person in a way that allows both of them to go a bit further in the conversation. That allows both of them to be more in control of their choices and of their lives. And, and part of the questions I've had coming in were people ask me, okay, Catherine, what is true for you in this situation? What do you actually think? It's all very well you speaking in these episodes about how we as leaders might do this, that or the other, or how we might explore this, that or the other. But what do you actually think as a person? Well, you know, first of all, I've got a very strong bias that everyone should do what they think is best for them and their loved ones. So that's my absolute bottom line. Myself, I don't see a good reason for me to take the mRNA treatment and if someone else wants to take it, I genuinely wish them a good outcome. I've had conversations with people who've chosen to, to take the treatment. And I've said to them, look, I'm not choosing to do this. You're choosing to do this. I completely respect your choice. I really hope that it is good for you, that it helps your body to be strong. It helps you to stay healthy. But if for any reason at all it doesn't, I will do whatever I can to help you. Because that is the, that's the loving position. So I think that's my, my other um, side of my bias, as well as the fact that I think everyone should do what they think is best for them. In terms of my position in relationship to other people, what I want to do is take the loving position as best I can in terms of whatever your choice. I support that and I will support you however that plays out. Uh, you know, of course, I'm talking about the people who are close to me. I'm not talking about everybody on the planet, although I wish everybody well. Uh, you know, we, 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 um, we have to be realistic about this sort of thing. And then people have asked me, what do you think about the measures that have been taken? Well, I, I, I think they were, they've been unscientific and I don't think they were going to work. And, but then on the other hand, I'm not going to apply to work in, a government position. So beyond a certain point, I can't criticise what they're doing. Now, this is another really interesting thing. Sometimes when we're looking for our fearless position, part of the question that we're exploring is, okay, what do I, what position do I want to take? What position do I take? What, what do I feel is right for me? And what am I going to do about it? Am I going to do something about it? Or am I simply going to hold that position um, and, and have that feel good for myself as an individual, what am I going to do about it? 
Now, for me and uh, most people listening to this podcast, we have projects, we have businesses, we have our chosen missions. And those are the place, places where we actually apply our fearless position. So with our people, with those who have, we have under our wing, with those we're supporting, with those we care about, with those in our community, they're the people that we are serving in terms of our, our fearless position being something which helps us to be a rock for those people and helps us to be a role model let's say, without without wanting to be egotistical in any way, I think all of us in leadership positions have people looking to us as an example. And they're looking to us to see what position is that is is he or she taking? How are they speaking out for that? How are they standing for that? How are they representing that and embodying that? And, and are they actually giving me the space to find my own fearless position? Are they encouraging me to do that? Are they supporting me to do my own exploration and come up with my own conclusions? Now, that's a really challenging place. You know, some of the people listening to this are dealing with mandates that tell them uh, things they must do in their business. Some of the people listening to this are under mandates which say all of your staff must be vaccinated, whether or not they want to be, all of them. Now, some people find that a bit dictatorial as, as a mandate. Some people find that a bit arbitrary as a mandate. Uh, some people don't agree with it. Uh, some people do agree with it. But whether you agree with that or not... You have people looking to you, some of whom do and some of whom don't, some of whom have reasons why taking the vaccine is a good idea or not a good idea. It's so complex. You know, witness the fact I did not choose to go into medicine, however many years ago that was. Great respect for the people who did. But I didn't, and, and chances are you didn't. So how do you deal with that? How do you find your own fearless position? And how do you then actually understand and acknowledge and respect the positions of the people in your care and the people who you're dealing with on a peer level, you're in your joint ventures, in your associations, in your communities? How do you find that fearless position and then how do you represent it? So coming back to the other part of that question, I, I've certainly experienced fears from time to time over the last couple of years. And I've, I've done some work and I've come to a place of not being fearful. And I, I know that the place I've chosen carries with it certain risks. And I know that if I'd chosen a different place, that would carry certain risks. But because I've actually done that research and done the work and chosen my path, I can shoulder those risks with an open heart and an open mind. So again, coming back to what this has to do with leadership and success. When we are in this fearless place, we can lead others with confidence and humanity. We can better face our choices and better assess our circumstances and choose our path. We, we can also be more flexible when it's time to change 
our choice or choose a different path in some way. And I think when there's a lot of change going on in the world, as there is at the moment, witness what's happening in the markets and, you know, the economy. One person says the economy is crashing. Someone else says the economy is rising. It, it, it's an absolutely confusing shambles, as far as I can tell. Although you may be one of those unbelievably clever people who looks at all the graphs and listens to all the wisdom and and gets a really good idea about what's happening and what's going to happen. And, you know, good for you. Um, I really can't imagine what it's like to be that person. But if you're one of those people, you're in a, a much stronger position than than some of us in the sense that it's easier for you to make certain choices around financial matters and fiscal matters. But even so, you know, the, these things, these mandates and these um, mitigation measures, which sometimes it looks like they're over and then, then they continue, we don't know what's going to happen with those. And therefore, we don't know how businesses and projects and missions are going to be affected by those. And even if you're an entrepreneur with an online business, which is unaffected by all of these circumstances that I've mentioned, you you are also going to be dealing with people who are affected by it. So we're all part of a vast ecology. So, you know, whatever happens is going to affect all of us in some way. So, so having our own fearless position is also very helpful because that makes us feel makes us strong enough and confident enough to then be able to stay open and keep picking up on what's taking place and keep picking up on the trends and keep exploring and examining and questioning in such a way that we can actually be agile and responsive and flexible and we can then communicate with our people effectively and kindly and we can let them know their options with clarity and with empathy. So yes, I I do think finding our own fearless position is important. And I, I do think it's important to do some personal work, some personal exploration, and some research and some inquiry and some fact finding on our way to finding that fearless position. And if you found your fearless position, you know, a year and a half ago, and if you've been living truthfully and consciously in relation to that ever since, then I absolutely applaud that and respect that. And I just feel that you and everyone else who's doing that is part of the solution. Because you're the people who are going to be spreading that general kind of vibe of being conscious, making our own choices, being responsible around that, and then relating with other people in a way that's humane and respectful around that. And I think we need that. I think that's what what, what we need uh, on the planet at the moment. Because we need to keep moving. We need to keep moving forward and we need to move on. And eventually we'll get to a point where this particular current obsession is in the rear view mirror. And then we'll be looking at all of the other issues that we've been ignoring. Maybe not you, but some of us have been ignoring and pick up the pieces. Because I think we're going to find that a lot more damage has been done than we think by obsessing on this one particular matter. So thank you again for listening.
And I want to invite you this time to just have a look at the notes below this episode. There are various different links under there that you might be interested in. And please keep sending in your requests and your questions and your queries and your challenges. Thank you again, and I will see you next week. You've been listening to Truth and Transcendence, the regular weekly podcast from Yes, You Now with Catherine Llewellyn. For more information, head to yesyounow.today forward slash podcast.